Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Romans chapter 1 verse 10. And uh, today, before I give you the title to today's message, I want to give you, just paint a picture here. Like sometimes we hear a simple message and we check out. And I just genuinely believe I have a simple message today. I'm one of those guys that I want to hear the deep stuff sometimes and I want to get like real intricate and detailed. And God is saying, no, you're going to share this. And I'm like, can I just add to it? Can I get it? Can I make it a little bit more complex? He's like, no, you're going to share this. And I don't know about you, but I have the habit of hearing something that I've heard already and been like, I check out. I want to encourage you today to lean in. Lean in and hear what God wants to say to you today. Maybe when we've heard it before preached on, on a, in a church or in, in, in on, a, on YouTube or whatever, we've heard this subject preached and um, maybe we've missed something. God wants to remind this church right now, this moment, about it. Amen? Romans chapter 1 verse 10, it says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Now, here's part of that spiritual gift. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. But I also want to be encouraged by yours. (laughs) That's so good. Paul the Apostle is saying, listen, I want to provide you a spiritual gift But in providing you that spiritual gift, I I pray and I pray that I can come see you face to face because I've been doing life on my own. But there's nothing like being in community. And when I'm with you, I encourage you. But let me tell you something. You also encourage me. Let me tell you, Christ Uncensored, as your pastor, when I come to Kuha, you might think I might be the only one encouraging. But I am so encouraged by your faith in this house. Let's leapfrog to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 through 11. It says, For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when, when he returns, we can live with him forever. Now look, so encourage each other. And build each other up, just as you're already doing. I want to give you the title to today's message, and it's called A Culture of Encouragement. A Culture of Encouragement. Would you look at the person next to you tell them, um, I need some encouragement. Tell them, I don't know if you can see it in my face. I don't know if you see it in my eyes, but I need some encouragement. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, God, for what you are doing in this house. Ah, Such a privilege to be here, God. Such a privilege to be here, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for, for this word that you're about to release to your people, God. Help me preach this simple two and a half hour message in 30 minutes. In Jesus' name. God's people shout. 
Amen. Can we give the Lord one more shout of praise in this room? Uh, a culture of encouragement. Uh, I want to let you know that I'm one of those guys. I, I'm not easily discouraged. I, I, I want to be honest. I thank God for scriptures like encourage yourself in the Lord. And I'm one of those guys that, you know, I, I speak to myself. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You speak to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Sometimes that's actually the good crazy when you speak to yourself more than you listen to yourself. And I, I'm one of those guys that's very difficult to be discouraged. I'm usually encouraged because I look in the mirror. I say, man, you're the best looking guy in the world. Even though you got layers, you got a keg right here. There's abs underneath that keg and you are blessed. You are highly favored. I just, I just walk like that. I'm telling you, like my, I wake up. You can ask my wife. I wake up and I'm saying, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, today's your day, bro. Today you're going to conquer the world. I just speak. I stay encouraged. But... There's one thing that discourages me. I want to let you know right now that there is something that discourages me. There's one thing that discourages your pastor is a diet. It's true. It's true. It's true. Like, like, like it's so discouraging eating for consecutive weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and weeks at a time. You're eating Brussels sprouts and quinoa and spinach and someone else is stuffing themselves with cake and cookies. Cake and cookies and ice cream and, 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 and you just don't know what to do with yourself and you'll have a day where you eat everything healthy in the entire day. What do you do? You, you wake up in the morning and you eat a healthy, sensible breakfast. You have all the fruits that you need. You need everything, anything, any type of nutriment, nutrient that you need. You intake for lunch. You have a great lunch. Then you have a sensible dinner. And about 12.32 a.m. that night, oh, you know what I want? Baby, 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 how about this, how about this, how about this, how about this, some ice cream with some, with some fudge on top, oh my goodness, can we, can we go right now, and my life is ruined, my life is a cyclical pattern of losing weight and gaining weight. I'm losing weight on my own, and I'm gaining weight with Lisa. And, 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 and recently, I've, I've been on a journey for 60 days. I said, I'm going to go for 30 days. For 30, you'd be surprised what you are not able to do in 30 days. Like, you think you could do it? Like, yo, for 30 days. But I said, you know what? I am not going to, I'm not going to do anything but this. And for 30 days, I went on a journey. I said, I'm going to drink a gallon of water. I'm going to walk for an hour, and I'm going to work out for an hour. I'm going to drink a gallon of water, I'm going to work out for an hour, and I'm going to walk for an hour. And let me tell you, for 30 days, I did it. I did it for 30 days so well that I said, you know what, I think I could do it for another 30 days. And I did it for an entire 60 days. Man, there's some things that I learned throughout those 60 days. I feel stronger than I've ever been. I'm 36 years old. Did you know that? I know you thought I was a youth pastor. But let me tell you. I'm 36 years old, and my kids were looking at some pictures of me when I, was, when I was younger, and they're like, it's crazy that you look older when you were younger. I said, thank you, you're welcome, you got those jeans too, you're blessed. And so, 36 years old, and I feel better than I ever have in my entire life, and, 
And for 60 days, I'm like, yo, this is crazy because when you exercise, you feel amazing. And, and I learned these new moves. I was just like, yo, this is awesome. I never did this in 36 years of living. I mean, I didn't even know what a burpee was. I thought that was some type of thing that came out of your mouth. like, Burr. But it was like, like this thing that tries to kill your heart because you, it's just crazy. And, and I, learned, I, yeah, I learned this move. It's just like, it's just like this is one of them, like. I couldn't do that before. I learned this move. I don't know if you guys know this move. Look, I almost popped the button over here. <laughs> Woo! What? You see those squats right there? I, boy, I learned how to do push-ups, straight push-ups, and I was working out, and I was for sure, for sure, for sure, I thought I had lost the weight, and I was without a scale for about 60 days because it broke. It's not what you think. It just broke. It ran, you know, it ran out. And I got a new scale, and I got on this scale. And I don't know if it was the wrong day to get on the scale. You know how you have wrong days to get on the scale? Like, you shouldn't get on the scale at this time, at this. And I got on the scale, and it said that I put on weight. And I know what you're thinking, like, oh, it probably muscle. I don't care. I just want the scale to go down. That's all I want. And it said, I put on weight. And I said, the devil is a liar. And then, of course, my bride gets on the scale. Look at that. I lost weight. I was so discouraged. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm serious. Like, I was so... <laughs> I was so discouraged. I wanted to give up on life. I wanted to give up on everything. I said, I am done. Big pun, here I come. I was done. Like, I was just done at that moment. Like, this is over for me. I am, I am so, I'm going to, baby, I'm going to eat ice cream every time you want me to eat ice cream. I'm just going to follow your diet. I'm going to do what you do. And, uh, man, I was so, so discouraged. My wife saw it in me, and she's like, baby, 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 baby. Look at me. Look at me. You're not going to quit. You're going to keep on going. And that's very selfless of her because she likes big punny type of dudes. Like, she likes when I was, like, chubby. You know what I mean? She likes, she's a chubby chaser, so we know. And so, so selfless of her because she's like, nah, baby, look. Remember the pictures you took? Remember the pictures you took? Look at those pectoral muscles, whatever that is. Look at that. Look at that. Like, you can do it, baby. I'm not going to let you quit. You're going to keep going. You're going you're gonna to get to your goal. I'm proud of you, baby. And she encouraged me through. And, and, and I'm blessed by that because she didn't prophesy over me. She didn't pray for me. She didn't, she, she didn't do any of those things that sometimes we attribute to spirituality. What she did was look at my discouragement and encouraged me out of my discouragement. What she did was say, hey, listen, I believe in you. You still got ways to go, but you can get there. I believe you're going to get there. I'm so encouraged. You, you, Man, if you can do that in 60 days, it's inspired me to do something on my own. And so it's insane how we overlook the power of encouragement. Sometimes we attribute encouragement as some type of attribute of value of the world of the world and the church focuses on the spiritual stuff and we see encouragement as oh that's a practical thing that the world does it's okay to be encouraging but there's so many super uh spiritual things that we can be doing and operating in but there is power 
in encouragement. As a matter of fact, when the Apostle Paul speaks about it, look at how he says it. This, this rocked my world. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not to pour out his anger on us, Christ died for us, so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So, encourage one another and build each other up. Did you catch that? Encourage one another and build each other. See, I think I read that and I think it's like, oh, because Christ died for you, his wrath was poured on you, you're going to live with him forever, therefore go fast, pray, take over the world. No, he says, hey, encourage one another. Encourage one another. Build each other up. Speak life into each other. There is power in encouragement. And I just want to let you know today that we want to make you an ironclad guarantee that it's okay to walk in these doors discouraged. It's okay to walk in these doors with your head down. It's okay that maybe you had a rough week and you can walk in here discouraged. But I want to let you know today, and I want to give you a promise today, that you may walk in these doors discouraged, but I guarantee you, you will not stay discouraged. You will walk out of these doors encouraged. You will walk out of these doors blessed. You will walk out of these doors knowing that there is a God that loves you, that died for you, and wants to see you fulfill your purpose. We, we, listen, we might not be the most super spiritual church, but I want to let you know that we will be the most encouraging church. I, I want to see people that are discouraged know that they have courage in Christ Jesus. Many times when we talk about encouragement, we see it as some type of secondary thing. But what if I told you today that it's actually what the Holy Spirit used to advance the kingdom? The Apostle Paul, look what he says. Apostle Paul says, listen. He says, he said, listen, 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 listen. I want to see you. He says, I pray. You know what I'm praying for? I'm not just praying for you. I'm praying to see you. He goes, this is not something that could be imparted from a distance. I need to be in your circle. I need to be in your tribe. He's saying, this is what I'm praying, God. God, open up the door. God, open up the door. God, open up the opportunity. God, open up the door so that I can see these people. Why, why, why? So that I can encourage myself in the Lord? No, so that I can encourage them and they can encourage me. Did you catch that? He's like, this is why I, 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 I long to see you. I want to be in your presence. You know what Sunday is about? Being in each other's presence. Not only so that God can encourage you, but so that God can use the people around you to encourage you. The same people that had your week can come here on a Sunday and lift up their hands and praise the King of Kings. And that, my, that right by itself will encourage you to do the same. Have you been there? I've walked in here so discouraged many times, and just to see Frank lift up his hands, knowing that he might have had a week. You, many of us may not know the kind of week that Frank had today, but guess what? He's lifting up his hands. And if I can see the week he had and the praise that he has today, I can see Ronnie and the, and the week that Ronnie had and see that he can praise today, then I can lift up my hands, then I can open up my mouth, then I can give God a shout of praise. Listen, man, I need encouragement, and, and, and the encouragement that I need is the one that is provided by the encouragement that I give you because I encourage you, and then and I see that manifest in your life, and that now encourages me. I need some encouragement. Can I give you some, some news today? You may not know this, but at one point or another, we all need encouragement. 
you, you, you might be in a little bit of denial here, but, but, and, and you might be, a, oh, I don't need encouragement. I'm good, but you might be the, the most that needs encouragement. We all need encouragement. When you, when you have that job opportunity that you know that that's your job, and so you named it and you claimed it and you knew that God had that for you, and guess what? It slips through the cracks, and now you don't have that job. We all need encouragement. Why? Because we all get discouraged. When you were promised that promotion and, and you knew that that promotion was yours, but the person that was there less than you got the promotion, you walk out discouraged. When you're in that relationship, and in that relationship, you thought, oh, this is the one, this is the one, this is, oh, this is the one, this is, this is the one. And guess what? That relationship doesn't pan out the way you thought it will, will be. Discouragement. When you thought you'd be far further along in your journey, when you thought that by this time, at this moment, I'd be farther than what I am right now, discouragement. We all will have our seasons of discouragement. You look at Job, and the Bible says that Job said, uh, Job said, I wish I was never born. Discouragement. Elijah said, God, kill me. Discouragement. <laughs> David said, oh, my soul, why are you so discouraged? Discouragement. Jesus said in his humanity, pass this cup if you will discouragement. See, we all will face times of discouragement, but Paul realized something. Paul said, listen, listen, there are going to be seasons in my life where I'm going to want to shrink back. There's going to be seasons in my life where I'm not going to want to deal with people. There's going to be seasons in my life where I just want to sit in my misery. There's going to be, I can't, I can't allow myself, and even though I got a relationship with God, even though I pray to him, even though I speak in tongues, even though I prophesy, I still need to be in a tribe because I know when I'm in a tribe, I may be discouraged by myself, but there is no way that I will be discouraged when I'm around believers and I can see what God is doing in their life and their faith now encourages is me to keep going, to keep moving. He says, I pray, I pray for the opportunity to walk in your midst so I can be encouraged. Does anybody believe that in this house? I, I want to give you quickly the, the, the ABCs of encouragement. The ABCs of, of encouragement. Number one, a culture of encouragement advances God's kingdom. Write that down if you're taking notes. Write this down. A culture of encouragement advances God's kingdom. Look at John chapter 14, verse 16. says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Another translation says counselor, comforter, and encourager. You know what one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is? To encourage you. It's funny how the church of God has skewed the perception of the Holy Spirit or the view of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we see the Holy Spirit as, oh, the Holy Spirit is going to empower us. Yes, that's true, but that's not the only thing. See, when, when this is happening, this is what's taking, pla taking place. Jesus is dying on the cross. Watch this. Jesus dies on the cross he resurrects, he goes to his disciples, and he tells his disciples, listen, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you an encourager. How's that 
why don't you send me a warrior, God? He says, no, I'm going to send you an encourager because you're going to face opposition. And even though you have power, you're not going to always win. So you need to be encouraged. You're not going to always have the W, but you need to be encouraged through the loss. And so he says, I'm going to give you a an encourager. I'm going to give you a cheerleader. I'm cheerleader. I'm going to give you someone that, 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 that believes in you. I'm going to give you someone that's not going to give up on you. I'm going to give you someone that they're going to be by your sideline and they're going to believe in you. They're going to speak into you. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit is not going to do in your life? The Holy Spirit will not discourage you. And this is what advances the church. This is what creates the church of God. If you look at the book of Acts from start to finish, the Bible calls it the book of Acts or the Acts of the Apostles, but it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Acts of the Apostles. And many times we look at those Acts as these super spiritual Acts, but through the midst of those super spiritual Acts, the Church of God was facing significant opposition. The Church of God was being murdered. The Church of God was being put in jail. The church of God was dealing with some stuff. Yes, miracles were taking place. As a matter of fact, if you look at Acts chapter 16, what takes place is that Paul rebukes a spirit. The, the girl that had the spirit was a fortune teller. So now the owners of that slave girl lose money. Guess what happens to Paul? He gets put in prison. See, but this is where he says, I'll give you an encourager. And here throughout the entire book of Acts, you know what it is? It's the Holy Spirit encouraging his church and his church encouraging others. The Holy Spirit encouraging the church and the church encouraging others. The Holy Spirit encouraging the church and the church encouraging others. And this begins to create the unstoppable movement that is, has lasted for over 2,000 years. Here we are today, and guess what we're doing? We're being encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and we're encouraging one another. We're encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and we're being encouraged by one another. Uh, just look. Just look at the emergence of the church. When he arrived, he saw the evidence. Acts chapter 11, verse 23. When he arrived and he saw the evidence of God's blessing, he was lifted with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. What did he do? He encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Acts chapter 13, verse 15. After the usual readings from the book of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. Acts chapter 14, where they strengthened the believers, they encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter into the kingdom. Listen, we're going to deal with persecution. We're going to deal with troubles. But here's what you're going to get. In the midst of opposition, we're going to encourage you. Can I tell you something? That if the enemy would just have his way, all he would do is keep you discouraged. He'd keep you feeling like you aren't, you aren't like the rest of them, discouraged. Oh, so he'll keep you in isolation, discouraged. Oh, yeah. you can't be called by God. Now he has you doubting God's word, discouraged. Oh, uh, you're going to fall. You failed so many times. I mean, how many times are you going to fail before you think you, like, you give up already? Discouraged. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will never see the attacks of the enemy because we simply think that this is an emotional feeling that we're experiencing, but it's actually the enemy trying to discourage us from all that God has for us. So God 
uses encouragement through the Holy Spirit. And when you create a culture of encouragement, here's what it, it says. It says we're not going to let anyone quit. We're not going to let anyone give up. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to advance the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to do it through, through my people, and my people are going to go ahead and spread that word. See, the enemy doesn't want your finances. He just wants you discouraged. But he'll attack your finances to keep you in discouragement. The enemy doesn't want your job. He wants you discouraged. But he knows what will discourage you. And if he attacks your job and your position, he'll keep you discouraged. The enemy doesn't want your car. But I don't know about you. When I get into car trouble, I get discouraged. I open the hood and I say, I don't know what I'm doing here. But it, it felt good opening that hood. Someone shout discouraged. But when you create a culture of encouragement, when you create a culture of encouragement, it says, listen, man, I don't care what opposition we face. I don't care what problem we endure. I don't care what tribulation that we're up against. Guess what? I'm going to encourage you in spite of opposition. I'm going to cheer you on in spite of your problems. I'm going to build you up no matter what. If you believe that in this place, let's give God a praise in this house. Look what, look what Hebrews chapter 3 says. It says, but encourage one another. Here we go. Ready? Daily. <laughs> How's that? But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by your sinful deceit. Did you see that? This is encourage one another. What would it look like if 2.4 billion people that say that and declare that they are professed Bible-believing Christians, 2.4, can you imagine what 2.4 billion people in this world said, hey, we're going to encourage somebody daily. I'm going to encourage my Uber driver. I'm going to encourage my barista. I'm going to encourage my waiter or my waitress. I'm going to encourage someone daily. I'm not going to let a day go by with me, without me encouraging someone. But unfortunately, we live in a world where we're just, we're just, we just want to absorb and absorb and absorb and absorb. And God is saying, you're looking for happiness, but that is not a Bible, that's not what's going to produce happiness. But if you live a life where you say, hey, I'm going to encourage someone daily. Hey, you look like you're having a rough time. Can I tell you, Jesus loves you. Hey, you look like you're having a rough time, but can I just encourage you for a moment? What if we took this attitude? 2.4 billion, 2.4 billion people said instead of speaking in tongues, guess what we're going to do? We're going to encourage people. Ooh, that was, that was rough. Somebody said, oh, Santo Dio. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says I, the Bible says this in, in, in Corinthians. It says, he says, I prefer for you to speak three words in, in, in a language than speak a thousand words in tongues. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that, that, that when you speak in tongues, it's for the edification of yourself. But when you speak to someone and you tell them, listen, there's still life in you. Hey, you're not what they said you were. Hey, there's, there's a God that loves you. And you encourage them. That will do more for God's kingdom than what you think will do for yourself by speaking in tongues. How about that? Woo! Encourage each other daily. Pastor, oh, it can't be daily. I mean, this got to be hyperbole. This got to be some exaggeration. There's no way. That, no, encourage each other daily, which brings me to the second point. Number two, a culture of encouragement builds up lives. 
a culture, write that down, a culture of encouragement. Get the ABCs to encouragement. A culture of encouragement builds up lives. You know what's so easy to do many times? Criticize. Is it just me or is this so much easier for me to criticize people than build up people? Oh man, it's so e- isn't it so easy? Come on. Isn't it so easy to just come into a place and criticize? Isn't it so easy to look at people and, and, and instead of encouraging them, just criticize where they, where they are at the moment? Unfortunately, hasn't, isn't it true that the church has created a culture of criticism rather than a culture of life-giving encouragement? Isn't it true that we can walk into a place and say, oh, that wasn't done, oh, this was happening, this isn't it, and, and offer no type of solution? Oh, but Pastor O, it's constructive criticism. No, constructive criticism is that, constructive. It builds up. And so if you're giving a criticism that offers no solution and offers no participation on you giving help, maybe it's best that you speak nothing so that someone might be able to speak encouragement into that place. I don't want to be the kind of community that says, hey, man, we're just going to point people uh, uh, in what they're doing wrong. No, I want to be able to offer a solution. I want to be able to offer some help. And so if I'm going to give constructive criticism, I'm going to speak into people's lives. I'm going to say, hey, maybe this is not the way to go, but here's the way to go. And guess what? I'm not going to only point you to the way to go. I'm going to walk with you as you go there because I believe in you and I want you to be built up. It's so easy to, to criticize. I've seen people criticize other people simply because they're at one lower level than themselves. <laughs> oh, so easy. Oh, oh, why did you? Oh. Yeah, I, I saw, I, oh, why is she sick? I'm sick, I'm sick today, I'm sick. Yeah, I know you're sick because, you know, you don't take care of yourself and you need to take care of yourself. And I told you, if you would have just taken care of yourself and you would have put some um, um, Bengay and some, if you would have put that stuff on, then you would have taken care of yourself, but you should need to take care of yourself. And I saw this coming, I knew you were going to get sick. Oh, I lost my job. I knew he was going to lose, I knew he was going to lose his job. You know why? Because he's lazy. Oh, he's late. Oh, he's late. I knew he was going to lose his job, man. I saw it coming. I could have told you that a, a long time ago. And so we begin to criticize people. Oh, I, oh, oh, did you see their kids? Their kids are reckless. I mean, I could, I, could you imagine that, you know, can you imagine the type of stuff that goes on in their house? I mean, they need some parenting skills. Their kids are a wreck. And we offer criticism instead of offering some help and offering a solution and offering life-giving words into their lives. Here's what the Bible says. Don't let nothing come out of your mouth unless it is to build up the person that you're speaking to. Someone shout encouragement. It's so easy to criticize one another. It's so easy to point the finger. It's so easy to. I, can you imagine? I, I, I can't believe. I, look at the preacher right now. He's wearing that tight shirt that don't even fit him. He, got, he didn't even put on gel today. I can't believe. And we walk into a church community, and instead of receiving what God has for us, we look, take our finger, and we start pointing and criticizing everything that's going on. And here's what happens. When you start creating a culture of criticism, you'll never be happy because the first one you'll criticize is yourself. And now you're in a relationship, and what are you doing? You're criticizing. Now you have kids, and what are you doing? You're criticizing. Now you're in 
a job and what are you doing? Criticizing. Now you're at church and you're creating a culture of criticism, but that culture of criticism only affects you. And now you're drowning in your own, the own criticism culture that you created on your own. And so I'm never happy. I, I thought I was going to happy when I landed here. But now I created a culture of criticism, so therefore I'm no, no longer happy. I thought I was going to finally be happy when I landed here. I landed the job. I landed the paycheck. I landed where I want. But now I'm criticizing, so I create a culture of criticism. Man, it's so easy to criticize. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been guilty of the same thing where I've been the own ruiner of the happiness that God has given me. I've stepped into a new marriage with a new wife, and I'm criticizing the situation, and I'm looking for what's wrong. Instead of looking at the 20,000 things that are going right, I'm looking at the one or two things that are going wrong. And God is saying, let that go. <laughs> the Apostle Paul says, so encourage each other. and Build each other up. Build each other up. Build each other up. Ephesians chapter 4 says, don't use foul, abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, it says, let us... Watch this. Let us not neglect the meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Watch this. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. What? <laughs> me, me, and Drew, me, Drew, and, and Frank were talking about the rapture the other day, right? And it's just like, it's, it's crazy because when I think about the rapture, <laughs> I think about the rapture and I think Vic, Vic, we need Vic. Because Vic, Vic has everything ready. Like he has, he, he brought us a rapture case one time. And I was just like, this is awesome. This is awesome. And a rapture case had, 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 it had first aid kit. It had mask. It had, it had everything. And, and you know what this is saying in Hebrews? It says, hey, 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 here's what you need to do. Here's two things that you got you to gotta do. Here, gather together. Oh, you want to be rapture ready, rapture ready? Gather with one another as the worship team comes up. Gather with one another. Gather together. Gather together. Gather together. Here's the second thing. Encourage one another. Oh, you want to be rapture ready? <laughs> you want to be rapture ready? Oh, you want to be ready for the rapture? Here's what you do. No, God, I need, I need the SWAT team. I need to get, we're soldiers for Jesus. I need to get ready. I'm going to take over everything. No, he says, here's, here's how you get rapture ready. Gather today. Look what it says. Especially that the day of his return is near. Did you, is this going by anybody? Like, are you receiving this? But encourage one another, especially now that the day of the return is drawing near. Here's the rapture-ready recipe. Don't stop getting together. Don't abandon your tribe. Don't stay alone and start getting into church. Start getting with the church of God. Start getting into your tribe. Start getting into community and just start encouraging one another. You don't need to have some super spiritual gift. You don't need to any of that. All you need to do is encourage one another, believe in one another, and now you become rapture Ready. It's so interesting because this is the most explicit scripture when it comes to gathering in church. And in church, he says, here's the purpose of the church, to encourage one another. How is it that for so long the church has created a culture that criticizes and tears people down? Where you walk into church and you walk out of church more discouraged than what you walked in. Can I say something to you in love? Can I apologize to you on behalf of the church? Can I, be, can I apologize to you on behalf of the church at large, the church of God? That if you ever walked into the doors of a church and you walked in discouraged, 
and you walk more discouraged than the way you came in, I want to say I'm sorry. Because that is not a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. If you ever walked in and they tore you down instead of building you up, I want to say I'm sorry. If they made you feel like you had to achieve some impossible standard, I want to say I'm sorry. Because that is not a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. The byproduct of the Holy Spirit is to encourage one another and to build each other up. I want to dedicate my life not to criticizing people and tearing them down. I want to dedicate my life so that when people say, Pastor Rowe, you know what? He wasn't, he wasn't the best looking guy, but he was encouraging. You know Kuhau? It didn't have everything perfect. There were a couple of things that were wrong. Man, I was encouraged. I was encouraged every time I, I went because here's the byproduct of that. The by encouragement is just the byproduct of the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus. I walked in there, we sang songs about Jesus, we heard a message about Jesus, and I walked out encouraged because my spirit was being filled. And guess what? We, we might come as a church together and we might not have it all together, but guess what? We will forever say the story of Jesus and encourage one another. And so if you ever, 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 ever walked out the doors of a church, and even this one, I want to apologize to you and say, I'm sorry that you walked out of here discouraged and made it, and somehow we made it about you when it's all about Jesus. Last point I want to give you. Last point, last point. A culture of encouragement, a culture of encouragement, a culture of encouragement. I know this is tough. This is, this is tough if, because our natural tendency is to criticize. Our natural tendency is to point the finger. This is why Matthew chapter 7 says, hey, before, like you can't even talk about someone. You can't even talk about someone's speck unless you've taken the log out of your eye. Can you imagine that? Like I can't even talk about a little dust particle in your eye if I haven't taken the wood plank in mine. I don't even got room for criticism. I only got room for encouragement. Because <laughs> guess what? There's enough to criticize right here. I just want to encourage. You want to see a successful marriage, Ronnie and Brittany? You want to see a successful? Continue to encourage one another. <laughs> ABC's last one. A culture of encouragement creates a space of vulnerability. A culture of encouragement creates a space of vulnerability. If we were honest today, it's hard to be vulnerable. It's so hard to, to be vulnerable, isn't it? People will never be vulnerable if they think that when they come to you, they're going to get a list of things that they need, they've done wrong, and how they failed, and how they need to do better. It's hard, right, if I come to you, like, I'm already coming to you because I've already, 
I've already condemned myself. I've already criticized myself. I've already done what you're about to do. All, all I need, this is the Apostle Paul. Paul. The Apostle Paul is in a very difficult situation. He says, I need to get, I need to get with you because I need to be encouraged by your faith. I'm going to encourage you, but I know you're going to encourage me. If we're ever going to create a culture of encouragement in this church, we got to be willing to let people be imperfect, even in our presence. I, I did a wedding the other day. And I did a wedding the other day, and one of the photographers, he started cursing up a storm. And one of the other photographers was like, hey, hey, stop cursing in front of the father. And I said, amen. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that the presence of a priest calls for people to change their behavior? Because if not, and, and so we've created a culture, watch this, how, how people can, can be better versions of themselves because they're in front of you. So they never get to be who they really are in front of you. So you never get to deal with who they really are. You imagine that, like I'm walking into, I'm walking into a church. Oh, that's right, I gotta be prim and proper, and people don't have the room to be imperfect in front of us. I, I gotta, I gotta make sure, I, I'm, I gotta make sure, because every time I'm around this person, they're gonna point my flaws. Every time I'm around this person, they're gonna, they're gonna tell me something. And and we've created a culture where people try to put on a facade and try to walk in perfection instead of creating a place where people can just be vulnerable. Not only before God, but before us. That when people come, they can say, hey man, I know I can, I know I can be a mess in front of you. I know that I can be imperfect in front of you. I know that I can, I can let my hair down. I know that I can have the, 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 the makeup smeared in my face. I know that I can cry in front of you. I know that I can look like a mess in front of you. I know that I don't have to be this prim and proper version in myself. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, I'm not going to mention no names, how many times people are like, Pastor Rums, excuse me. And I'm like, bro, you preach, you can't do that. But I love it because it says, hey, Pastor Ro, this is where I'm at right now. This is who I am right now. And right now I'm cursing and it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be discouraged. It's okay. I want you to be discouraged as long as you don't stay discouraged. You could come in discouraged. I want to create a place where you're, you feel like you could be feel like you could just it advances God's kingdom you want to see this church grow create a culture of encouragement you want to see people's lives be built up create a culture of encouragement you want to see people be real and be vulnerable it is so hard to be vulnerable man it's like you it's like you're you're losing control when you're vulnerable when I'm vulnerable, sometimes I feel like I'm losing control, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure. Oh, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, and and no, like, I want to see church be unstoppable. Create a place of vulnerability, because when you create a place of vulnerability, here's what happens. John chapter four: the woman that was at the well was able to be real before God, and what took place? She was filled with living water. And what took place? She did, went and she ministered to her family. And guess what took place? Revival for two days. 
Can I give you can I give you one more scripture and we're done? Blessed be the God and Father. Watch this. Just, just in case you thought that this wasn't a spiritual word. Just in case you thought that it was better to criticize people than to build them up. Just in case you thought that this might be part of what God does, but not everything. Watch this. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassions and the God of all encouragement. The God of all encouragement. The God of what? All. And nobody has copyrights on encouragement. Don't let the world have copyrights on encouragement. Let God have the copyrights on encouragement. He said, I'm the God of all encouragement who encourages us in all tribulations that we may be able to encourage those who are in any tribulation, whatever, through the encouragement with which we ourselves are encouraged of. Javi, that's crazy because, because it says the God of encouragement encourages you. And I don't know about you, but have you ever felt this way? Like, okay, God's going to encourage me. Let God encourage somebody else. But look what he says. The God of all encouragement who encourages us in all tribulation that we, that we may encourage those who are in any tribulation, whatever. God, why don't you encourage those people too? Here's why. Because you'll never grow in your spiritual walk until you realize that your life is not about you. And you realize that what God has done for you is so that you can do for someone else. Until you realize, until we realize that what God has done for us is not just to be staying with us. Here's what encouragement means. You want to know what encouragement means? Encouragement means to put in courage, to put courage in something. I know there's going to be times in my life where courage is going to be taken out of me. And God says, I've placed courage in you so that you can take your courage and put it in somebody else. I've placed courage in you so that you can take courage. Not so that you can hold on to your courage and just walk in your courage. No, I've given you courage so that you, in someone's tribulation, in someone's difficulty, you can take that courage that's been copyrighted by the Holy Spirit, you can grab it, and you can place it in somebody else. Stop keeping the courage just to yourself. Matter of fact, encouragement is no encouragement at all if you keep it for yourself or you think it. Encouragement is only when you take and you're placing it inside Bianca. When you're taking courage and you're placing it inside Drew. When you're taking courage and you're placing it inside Lisa. I don't know about you, but I don't want to create a culture that tears people down, that shrinks back. I want to create a culture that says, hey, we're going to encourage you until we're done to the gills. We're going to encourage you. We're going to reek of encouragement. People are going to ask you, what's that smell? What's that cologne? You're going to say, encouragement is all over me. Taste something. It's the God of all encouragement. I need to give you something. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes right now? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. 
If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.